Table Talk with Grace Redmond features conversations with fierce and fabulous people from Grace's community and circle who inspire others with their stories of overcoming challenges to create amazing. Grace is an entrepreneur and success coach who works with individuals to diminish their negative mental chatter, boost their confidence, achieve their goals, and increase their prosperity mindset. Get ready for a series of Anything Goes Conversations with remarkable men and women that will get you jazzed for life's unlimited possibilities of success, freedom, and fun. Welcome to Real Talk with Grace Redmond. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Real Talk, where I get to have a real life conversations with incredible people from my circles and communities who really overcome challenges and and create amazing, who just keep moving forward. So today I'm super excited to have my incredible guest, Tanya Martha Segura on with us. Tanya has a master's degree in nursing and has been a registered nurse for over 15 years. She has personally witnessed the changes in the healthcare system and recognizes the importance of self-care and accountability for our own health. She's passionate about helping people meet their health goals, and she's really been an incredible, you know, patient advocate, and I'm really excited to have this conversation with Tanya. So help me welcome Tanya. Hi, Grace. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And Tanya is our restorative RN. I love that. I love the word restorative. Yes. It's important to restore your health. Absolutely. It's important for us to restore on on a regular basis. But I feel like in my experience, you know, restoring was not in my vocabulary for a very long time. So can you kind of help us understand why you came up with the term, the restorative RN? Well, I mean, I see people at their worst, right? I see them in the hospital and something is unbalanced, and there's some disharmony happening in the body. So if we can restore it, the body should act normal, right? It should act healthy. It should function properly. So that's how I came up with the name restorative RN, because your body can restore itself to health. And that's that's the big, big takeaway for today. You can restore your health. It's What's ironic is I'm a big advocate of combining Western and, you know, holistic medicine, that's, you know, worked for me and I've had some health challenges and I've incorporated, you know, both. And what's ironic is over the weekend, as I was putting around the house, there was a podcast that came up. I got a notification, you know, for a new podcast to listen to or watch. And the title was most by Louis, Louis House, Louis House. And it was how food can heal your health and your mind. And I thought how ironic because we were going to have this conversation. And for me, that's a big focus. Like, as you know, I'm going to be 53 this year and I want to continue on this trajectory of making an effort to be in my optimal health, but it's not that easy. So can you kind of talk to us about, because you said we can restore our health. Right. What's one thing that we can do to help us, whatever that may be, restore our health? And let's say, I know they were talking about obesity, you know, in the podcast. What's, and all of the health challenges that comes with that? I'm going to give you one good word. (laughs) Anti-inflammatory. So anti-inflammatory diet is going to be key to health for, for a lot of reasons and for a lot of prevention. 
So anything you read, if you look up inflammation, it is pretty much the root to almost every disease and disharmony that's happening in the body. Your blood pressure, excuse me, bloating, GI irritation, fatigue, what I mean, anything you can, any autoimmune disorders, a lot of them stem from inflammation. So when you ask yourself, where does this inflammation come from? I'm going to tell you, it comes from the things you put in your body. It comes from your food. It actually also comes from, it can be from medications, food, hair products, skincare products, things that you're inhaling, like perfumes, things like that. All those things that are not organic are something foreign in your body that triggers your immune response, which is your inflammatory response. Mm. So when those things are happening, it is bombarding your immune system. So something that your immune system does just normally, it's constantly filling, filtering out viruses, bacterias, cancer cells, any, any abnormal cells in your body. So when you're overly impacting it with poor food choices and poor lifestyle choices, it can't just work productively for your normal health state. So it sounds like, like we're stressing out, you know, stressing out our body with everything that we're putting, you know, in, in our body, to whatever this is, if it's food, chemicals, whatever. Right. So it's funny because I met with a colleague yesterday. She's a physical trainer and also very into nutrition and fitness. And she said the same thing, like we really need to manage the inflammation in our, in our body. But what could that look like? You know, cause that, it feels like, it feels so overwhelming. Like, oh my gosh, I have to, you know, my perfume, my makeup, my hair, my hair shampoo. It's like, it feels overwhelming. Where's a good place to start to, to help kind of alleviate the stress on your body? So it's the oxidative stress. I mean, there's there's two great ways I could tell you to start. Number one, there is there is an activator pill that I take <clears throat> that does help reduce oxidative stress in the body, just like berries do, like strawberries and blueberries. That really helps. And then another way is just to, to take a look at what you're eating. And mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be, I think this is something that makes people shy, shy away from health, right? They don't want to have these huge lifestyle changes. They don't want to never have a cookie. They don't want to never have bread. They don't want to never have a drink, never have a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you, oh. right. It's like, hey, oh. hey, 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 calm down. You know, you can still enjoy your life. But if you enjoy, you know, the bad stuff in moderation, then your body can handle it. Got it. If you're eating fast food three times a day or five times a week, you're really, really putting a lot of stress on your immune system and your GI tract. If you ate it once a week, your body could handle that. So I always start with small changes with my clients and I started with small changes for myself. I can tell you when I was younger, I used to drink, you know, and go out dancing and I used to smoke like a pack of cigarettes a day. And it's like, oh my God, you're a nurse. Oh my God. I was a Like I still like to go out, have a drink, have a cigarette, dance. I mean. <laughs> right. And it was, you know, and I thought I was healthy. I was in my 20s. I was in good shape. 
I thought I was healthy. But you know, your your habits catch up with you as you get older. And when I became a mom, there was just no space for cigarette smoke or secondary or third-hand smoke in the house, right? So we cut that out. But you know, of course, people still like to go out and have a drink or have a burger and fries and a milkshake, whatever. So all those things are okay. So I would say, you know, the 80-20 rule is really good. 80% of the time, have maybe low-carb diet or extra vegetables, starting with a salad for your meals, makes a difference in your blood sugar. There's just There's so many little things that you can incorporate in your life that will give you huge results. And that's what I'm all about is small changes, big results. I agree. I agree. Because I've, in my experience, when I try to just make these big changes, like I, it just, I was like, no, I can't do this. And what I've experienced like over, you know, you know, on my own journey is like every time, like I just make a little change and then eventually it would become a habit, but girl, I eat everything, you know, I still have, you know, a drink here and there. I still like to have a cigarette here and there. And I remind myself like, it's okay to live and be human because then that creates other stress. Like I don't want to be miserable and not enjoy these things. And that's for me, my experience when anyone else does is, is up to them, but you use the term oxidative stress. Like, can you kind of explain what that means? So oxidative stress is basically, it's anything that is, that it, it's, it happens in your body, right? It's anything, it's created by anything that is not like organic in your body. And then it bombards your immune system. So it could be like, it could be everything I mentioned before, anything that's just not organic. And then you can also get oxidative stress from working out. So moderate, moderate exercise is good, but vigorous exercise can increase your oxidative stress because you're putting stress on your body. Yeah. I just experienced that, you know, last summer when I had a little bit of a a health challenge and I went to my naturopath and he's like, do you exercise? I'm like, yeah, every day. What do you do? He's like, whoa, like you shouldn't do that. I'm like, what? Right. (laughs) I was, you know, conditioned, like we were at the Y, like every day, sometimes twice a day. And now I'm realizing that like, you know, like he, you know, educated me on now you're educating us is like, it sounds like we need to move our body every day from my understanding. However, it doesn't have to be at that high intensity to be effective. Is that Right. right? Right. And then with oxidative stress, you know, that's, we're talking about a cellular level. So it, it creates problems with the cellular function. So and what does that look like? What does it look like? Or what can it look like? Like if I exercise way too much, you know, what can, what can that look like? What, what can the result of me doing too much exercise? Be? Well, I mean, you're going to be fatigued, but you also might have, you might be getting sick easily. Yeah. Definitely going to be tired. Your muscles, you're going to be at risk for injury. So it's not oxidative stress is not really something we can actually see or necessarily feel. So that's why it's so important to just keep it low. So we don't start suffering the consequences of it. The consequences of it are going to be like illness and your immune system is not going to have the normal function that it should. And I know, and I know we both, we talked about this, like moving our body is so important for optimal health. What are different ways we can move our, like, can we take a walk every day? Or are you talking about like high intensity, like don't do the high intensity exercise every day? You know, it's so it's all going to depend on the person. 
So I wouldn't tell, you know, a, a 60 year old person who never exercised a day in their life to go take a jog. That's right. A <laughs> you know, go for a 10 mile hike. No, right. no. <laughs> just do it. No, no, no. But I would tell them to go for a walk. So you want to look for age appropriate and physical capability appropriate exercises. And you also want to look at somebody's health goals. So something I did a long time ago, I broke my foot and I couldn't really do intense exercise anymore. I did yoga and I was, you know, it's driving me crazy. I did yoga. So that did my mental stability. It did some mental health, you know, changes for me, positive impact and physical. It also helped with tendinitis and it also helped with just like general wellness just sleeping better, feeling better, breathing better. I also have asthma. So like breathing better, all those things just were positively impacted with yoga. That was appropriate for me at that time. Okay. For so women in their forties though, women in their forties, I really, really highly recommend they do weight training with cardio. Mm -hmm. um, and if you've never lifted a weight in your life, it's worth it to go get a trainer for at least six sessions. I can recommend great trainers to at least learn how to not hurt yourself when you're exercising. I agree. I agree with that. I mean, based on my experience, as we, you know, as we age, it's very important to keep on our muscle density. Right. Well, especially for women because they their calcium is decreased and their bone density decreases. So they really need the extra stability with their tendons and ligaments and muscles for to and even just like balance. Like you hear about older people falling over a lot. When right. you have a strong core and faster reaction time, you're less likely to fall. Yeah, I get it. And that's why I get in those classes that I really don't want to go to because I know that they're going to be good, you know, for my balance and my strength. And, and I remind myself, like, I'd rather go, you know, do something, you know, higher intensity, but those, the strength and the balance is so important. Again, as, as we age and wanting to, I mean, we're living longer, you know, as a society and just wanting to live healthier. You, we talked about, you know, your mom's dying wish was her story to be told and tell talk to us a little bit about that and, and tell us a story if that feels in alignment for you so my mom she passed away when she was 69 and she had just a month after her 69th birthday so she was a registered nurse for almost 50 years oh wow yeah, she graduated nursing school when she was 19 years old. So my mom was a super smart cookie. And right. And so she, you know, she had a great, great experience as a nurse. And a year after retirement, she found out she had uterine cancer. And it was devastating. She was so excited to like live her life. And she was starting to do group traveling trips with friends from church and you know she was she was doing really well she had been a widow for seven years at this time so she was just getting into the groove of her new life and then she was diagnosed with uterine cancer so it was you know it was really really a shock for our entire family so her her natural instincts as a nurse and someone in their 60s was like I'm gonna do 
anything the doctor tells me to do because they're going to tell me all the right answers. So her plan of care was 16 rounds of chemo and 16 weeks of chemo. It might have been like 32 rounds, if I remember correctly. She was going to chemo once or twice a week. And so chemo and surgery, she was going to have a hysterectomy, which is the removal of her uterus. And I was really against the surgery. I'm generally against surgery because I just never, I very rarely, I won't say never, but I very rarely see surgeries work out easily, especially abdominal cases. You know, there is so much going on in your abdomen. You have your liver, your pancreas, your spleen, your small intestine, the large intestine, your stomach, your gallbladder. Yeah. And then the worst part about it is what is inside your intestines stool. Mm. And then what your intestines do for your body, they absorb fluid and they absorb nutrition. So when you have any problem with that, you're going to have an infection and you can't get nutrition. Those are two things that don't work if you're trying to live. And you're a nurse. I mean, you've been working in the hospital for 15 years and you're part of the healthcare system. And, and, you know, I, again, I, I, I believe in both, you know, Western medicine and holistic medicine. But here you're telling us, like, I rarely believe in these types of surgeries. And you're in the hospital and your hands are in this. Right. You know, I would just say, like, if a doctor is recommending surgery to you, number one, ask yourself, how sick do you really feel? And number two, ask yourself if you think there's another course that you could probably possibly take that might heal you without the impact of surgery. And, and that's scary when we're talking, you know, for people and, and in my experience as well, it's scary when you talk about, okay, cancer, you know, and I, and I, I have known many people who have, you know, healed themselves, but it's still, it's scary to not take the doctor's advice. Absolutely. It is scary. It's scary even recommending it. Like, right. <laughs> to be completely honest, you know, so my mom... She, she had her, you know, hysterectomy and she was starting her chemo. Unfortunately, during her hysterectomy, her bowel was perforated. So that means it got nicked. And that is a common risk for any abdominal surgery. And it happened and it was left undetected despite my begging and pleading for them to do a CT scan, do a CT with contrast. Something's not right. You know, all these, all these things that were a pretty clear cut case of a bowel perforation were left undiagnosed for over a week. And she was sent home with a perforation. So she had her follow-up appointment and was sent to interventional radiology to, or they finally did the CT scan and immediately sent to interventional radiology. They put some drains in and stool just started leaking out, leaking and leaking and leaking out. So you should not have any free fluid or any gases or definitely not stool in your abdomen. So she was like steps away from what we call septic shock where you're body is really sick. So luckily it was caught, but now she had to have bowel rest. So they had to do more surgery. She couldn't eat anymore. And, you know, it took a while for her to be able to start eating again. And all the while she's going through chemo. 
so this was a something, you know, aside from that, aside from the chemo and the cancer, this was another problem that that came up. This was strictly a surgical complication. Absolutely nothing to do with cancer. Absolutely nothing to do with chemo. Mm -hmm. But she was still suffering from from, you know, the effects of chemo right. as well. Understood. So, you know, very long story short, these were an agonizing 10 months from diagnosis to death, 10 months of being in and out of the hospital, constant abdominal pain, inability to eat, discomfort. And when they finally told her, like, you know, you're going to be now you're on the road to recovery, you're done with chemo, your numbers look good, we are going to go ahead and do some one last surgery to fix everything. That's when we found out that she had adhesions throughout her entire abdomen. So that's basically if you could imagine a ball of yarn and you just like unraveled it and threw some glue on it mm. and went like this, that's what happened to her intestines. Goodness. They didn't work anymore. Mm. It's called a frozen abdomen. So after the surgery, we were really concerned that her cancer numbers spiked and we finally got them to recheck that and her cancer numbers went from under 25, the cancer marker, which was normal, under 25, two weeks later, it was 400 something. Goodness. And they told her there's nothing else we can do. And that was the beginning of the end. She went on hospice for six weeks. Mm -hmm. And in, in the story, and I know that you said, you know, my mom, that was her dying wish. What does she want to communicate to us? My mom said, Tanya, my mom said, Tanya, go be a good nursing instructor and teach the nurses to force the doctors, you know, to make them get the test done, to make them good advocates for the patients so that this doesn't happen to someone else. And, you know, the, the, this, that she was really talking about, there was just constant, constant missed opportunities throughout every hospital stay. Like, you know, I, I don't, it doesn't really matter to get into the science of it. Cause if you're not a nurse people, it's not going to really resonate with anybody, but there was just so many things. It's like, well, why didn't you check these labs? Well, why didn't you listen to their bowel sounds? Well, why do her notes say that she was eating when she wasn't? Why does it say she was tolerating food when she wasn't? Like you really, as a nurse, we are told in nursing school, you're the eyes and ears of the doctor. And if you are not telling the doctors, number one, the truth, or assessing your patient properly to advocate them and being direct and clear with them, you're doing a disservice to your patient. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately that happened a lot. And there were just some dynamics with the physicians where nobody wanted to step on the surgeon's toes, which. That's a whole nother, you know, right. <laughs> podcast and chapter. I'm not worried about your toes. <laughs> no, not even about the toes, but you know, cause I, again, it's ironic so many, I had several experiences leading up to this podcast where I was connecting with someone and they said, you know, the doctors weren't listening. I had to be my own advocate. Right. And I've also had to be my own advocate. It's, I mean, what can we do to be our own advocate? Like it's, it feels overwhelming and, and where do you start? And sometimes people don't have the resources, you know, like I'm grateful that I had a resource to go to a naturopath, 
you know, how could, where can we start to be our own advocate if we don't know, first of all, we're scared. The right. out there is overwhelming. I mean, what can we do to advocate, be our own advocate? Like what's an, a step that we can take to advocate for ourselves and educate ourselves? Well, number, I mean, number one, to advocate for yourself, you can educate yourself. That's the number one thing to do. Excuse me. I would also get a consultation with a nurse. You can get a consultation with me. I'll look at your labs. I'll look at your CT scan. I'll look at your chest x-ray. I'll look at whatever you want me to look at. And I'll ask you, did, here's a perfect example. Someone I know who's now my client went to the doctor for their annual physical. So there is like four absolutely basic doctor 101 labs that he should have had and he didn't. And he had three labs that was, I asked like, you know, was he complaining of this? Was he complaining of that? And they're like, no, I'm like, why did they do these labs? But they didn't do the basics. And he had to ask for specific labs to check if he was pre-diabetic, to check. And, and on top of that, his labs came back abnormal and nobody even called him to follow up. Yeah. I mean, I know. And, I'm, and so I'm not trying to bash our medical no, system not, or the physicians. No, and that's not what this is about. This is more about we have, there are options. We have choices and resources for us to be an advocate for our, you know, our health, you know, and again, like you said, educate, take accountability for our health by what we put in our body. So right. I definitely am not here to bash, you know, anyone or anything because, you know, I, I believe that both are necessary. It's just be smart, you know, because even my doctors and gets annoyed with me and like, well, I want you to run these tests because, well, you don't need it. Well, when I consult with, you know, my naturopath, you know, I, I, I want it, you know, right. I want these because it gives a bigger view. And so I am annoying to them. <laughs> It, and but you know what? Health. And you might be, but you know what? You're going to be alive and you're going to have quality of life. And it's, it's, it's my health. And so that's, so no, we're not definitely not bashing. It's just, there's, a, there's other things that we can do to help ourselves. And we'll just to give people some insight on the current status of our medical system. Number one, a lot of nurses are burned out from COVID. The hospital was a war zone during COVID, you know, it was very scary. So people are burned out from that. A lot of nurses that are seasoned nurses like myself have moved on to do other things. They might be in management. They might be doing health coaching. They might've quit altogether. They might still be at the bedside and just sick of it. Who knows? There are a lot of the nurses at the bedside now are much newer nurses and they just don't necessarily have the same experience or may not have had the same training. The quality of training is different too because of all the burnout from COVID and just in general. The other part on the medical side, I have, I have had a doctor, he actually told me, he's like, Tanya, if I don't prescribe somebody something, they feel like they came to the doctor for no reason. So, I mean, it's a societal slash st medical structural thing and the sure. doctors do want to help and sometimes they don't have the resources oh. of time right and their hands are tied and this is a whole other podcast and i'm you know maybe it's inappropriate for me to say this but you know pharmaceutical companies make 
a ton of money pushing drugs on us. Now, do we need some of them? Absolutely. So, you know, like this is not a bash, but just an awareness of right. where, where can you, can you start to be accountable for your health? Can we do some preventative upfront, take accountability for yourself upfront right. to help prevent, you know, what's coming down the line. Cause like you said earlier, our habits, our bad habits compound and then they affect us later in life. On that note, I want to say hi, cause there's some people here with us. Okay. Run us with us, Naral. So hello, ladies. Thanks for joining us. And if you have questions, holler. Although I know you have easy access to, <laughs> to Tanya, but I, again, this is like this can go off into so many different, you know, conversations and podcasts. But for me, and why I really was looking forward to having this conversation with you is you really stressed like preventative care is important and we need to take accountability for our health and start taking accountability for our health early on, not Absolutely. when we're 50. Absolutely. So you can really, you know, you can change your health trajectory with your choices today. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be some crazy change. You can just really just small things, start walking. Right. And one, one thing I'll tell people is when you start making healthy lifestyle choices, you're going to feel the difference and you're going to start looking for more healthy lifestyle choices. Absolutely. It gets addicting. Right. You know, for me, it's like a game. And don't get me wrong. Like I still eat everything and I, you know, would love to have, you know, my cocktail here and there and still love to have my cigarette here and there. But overall, I make an effort as much as I can to do those things because my feet, like I think of my future self, like yeah. I, right now, when I was 40, I thought of myself at 50, how did I want to be? And I made choices to, you know, cause I wanted to be healthy at 50, you know, and now that I'm, you know, going to be 53, I'm like, okay, how do I want to be at 60? Am I going to have, you know, this extra cookie? Am I going to have those extra drinks? Am I going to, and am I going to not move today? So I'm making these little choices each day. Cause I still want to be in my optimal health at 60. Right. Yes, this is very young. But not, it is very young. However, if we're not taking care of ourselves, like it's you're going to feel old. <laughs> yeah, you're going to feel old. So right. I know I'm rambling on, but it's just. It's you know. important. No, everything you're saying is super important. So let me just paint a quick picture for your audience. There's number one, the worst time to find out you have high blood pressure is when you're having a heart attack or yep. when you are completely hemiplegic and your left arm and your left leg don't work and you have to eat pureed food for the rest of your life. You can go and check your blood pressure. You can buy a blood pressure cuff, you know what I mean, and look at it. If you are seeing that your blood pressure is on the higher end, which would be anything over 130, over 80s, Come talk to me. I can teach you small things. You can do a program with me. You can do a consultation with me. We can, I can teach people small things to reverse that, that pre-hypertensive state. So that's one thing. The next thing is if you, if you keep pushing on these lifestyles, you can have a massive heart attack. I don't, I can tell you so many times we have a patient that came in, found down. What does that mean? They were found down on the floor. Somebody happened to walk by them in a park or found them down at home. And when you've been found down, your chance of survival is so low. 
Nobody initiated CPR. Your, your brain has not been getting oxygen for a long time. That can be from, that can be from just high blood pressure. So, and high blood pressure is so easy to reverse and it's so easy to manage. So before you have to jump on any medications, like now is the time to go get a physical, get your hemoglobin A1C checked. That's for diabetes. Go get your blood pressure looked at. If it looks high in the doctor's office, I have one question for you. Were you nervous? Go take it every day at home when you're not nervous. Let's see what your real blood pressure is. Are you overweight? If you broke your leg right now, how would you feel on crutches? Like if you're not in physical in good physical health to be up and moving around and hopping this way and that way, you really need to think about what your future is going to look like, your health future. So you can change your health trajectory now just by making small changes. You're going to find yourself making big results. Amen. So how do you believe mindset goes? How's mindset contributing to our overall health? health and optimal health. So your mindset and your state of mental health in general is going to just affect your purpose every day, right? If you wake up feeling miserable, it's going to be very hard to be motivated. I know when I'm tired and I'm stressed out, what looks better, a burger or a salad? A burger <laughs> all, day, all day long, right? So trying to maintain a healthy mindset and reminding yourself, you know, these things are for this moment, you know, depending on what's going on, is going to really, it also speaks to your cells in your body. So like some very amazing affirmations that I always teach people is I am healthy, I am safe. Mm -hmm. And those two things can just really make like you basically you're going to fake it till you make it. You keep telling your body that and your cells are going to follow suit. Eventually we had a patient that lived like forever and his family told us that every single day he used to listen to the song staying alive. Oh, I, I love that. <laughs> and he sang it with like passion and purpose. Oh, yeah. And oh, I gotta he had a very on. poor prognosis and he lived a very long time. I mean, well, there, you know, that's another piece of this, our mindset. So I, you know, and I know we've talked about this. It's, you know, yes, our physical health, but also combining that mindset with it. And that patient is an excellent example. Like he had, you said he has a poor prognosis, but is his mind, you know, he played the song and I do, I know not everyone believes in affirmations and, you know, whatever works for you. I respect that. But for in my experience, I've used affirmations and not everyone believes in fake it till you make it. I'm a big believer in fake it till you make it because there are so many times, you know, that I just had to show up even though I didn't feel like it. And it, so it's combining. I feel like it's combining all of the, you know, all of these different pieces for us to move it. And then it all, it's like a domino effect. When right. I get my mind right, it helps to get my body. When my body's off, I'm like, okay, something's off in, in my, in my, my mind. Well, that is holistic health. Yeah. But it's overwhelming to someone who might be new to this. I mean, we didn't just get here overnight. You know, you and I have had a journey and you learn and you you, you fall and fail. Because I, I want people that are listening who maybe want to take those first steps because there's so many things. What would you recommend would be just the tiniest two small steps they can take? One for their mind and one for their body. For your mind, 
I would, I, so I love YouTube. If you go on YouTube, they have like five minute meditations and people get confused what meditation is. Meditation mm-hmm. is literally just a time to sit with yourself. It doesn't mean anything more than that. Even just set a five minute timer and look out the window mm-hmm. of just stopping. And then, so look for a meditation that you like on YouTube, something that sounds good for you, whether it's just sounds, they have vibrational sounds. And then they also have someone who can talk you through a meditation, which I highly recommend for someone who's very, very new, because Mm -hmm. it puts your mind where it's supposed to go. So it's effortless meditation. And then for your, for your physical health, I mean, walking is so awesome. If you don't like going outside for whatever reason, get a stationary bike and watch a TV show and ride your bike. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I I, I love those two suggestions and getting outside has been therapy for me in the last seven months. I haven't really gotten outside and I've just been getting out and I forgot how amazing it is. And so those are beautiful. And I loved how you said meditation can be so many different things. It doesn't have to be like who can empty their mind. Like that's not possible. It's impossible. Right. And, and so I love how you said just, you know, sitting with yourself, even if you look out the window or if you take a, you know, a bath that could be meditative So Absolutely. What with yourself for a little bit. I totally agree. I think those are two really great places to start and consistent, be consistent and committed to it. Like not right. just- and your consistency doesn't have to be daily. And that's where another thing people get tripped up on your consistency can be weekly. Of course, a little bit more is better, but if, if walking five times a week sounds like way too much, do it twice. Start. Yeah. Start. So just just start start with the baby steps and then build on and compound out that, you know, have it stack on that because it compounds. But again, the more consistent and committed we are to these better habits, the better results we're going to see, you know, with our future self. I mean, that's, it's just, it just compounds. It's science. Well, let me tell you one thing real quick, Grace, about fake it till you make it. And let me tell you why it actually works. So did you know when you smile, it releases endorphins and your brain doesn't know if you're actually smiling like genuinely from the heart Mm. or those muscles create the endorphins. Nice. So have you, I don't know if you've ever heard like a workout coach, they'll say, you know, they'll be like, smile through it, smile through it. It's like, I'm miserable. And you just smile and it gives you that little more push to keep going with pushups or whatever. So no, I I, I believe in that because our mind doesn't know the difference about from our imagination or what's actually happening. And so that helps. I mean, I don't want to get all scientific either, but it helps the neural pathway. So that's a whole other podcast. Right. uh, Talk to us about one of your greatest challenges, you know, well, you know, just, I was gonna say as a nurse, but talk to us about one of your greatest challenges that you've experienced and how you navigated it. Gosh, I'm, God played a bunch of jokes on me in this lifetime. I've been so many challenges. Um, so I would say the hardest challenge, I guess, to navigate through was probably losing my mom. And it was, you know, 
so many reasons why. The fact that she was a nurse, I was a nurse. Like, how did we, how couldn't we save her? How didn't this work? You know, how, why did it not work the way we wanted it to work? So when my, after my mom passed away, I didn't want to be a nurse anymore. Mm. I felt like the medical system betrayed us. I'm here so with I had you. to prioritize my mental health. And I literally was like, I had nothing nice to say about any hospital or doctor or nurse or anybody. Like I was so done. So I prioritized my mental health and I moved to Costa Rica oh. for three months. <laughs> I said, you know what? I'm just, I, I needed to recharge. I needed to be in pain and I needed to be alone. And I couldn't get far enough from anyone. So Costa Rica was my, it's, it's my safe place. It's my magic place. And I did a lot of healing. I went to healing, like spiritual healing classes there, being in the ocean and near the ocean scientifically rejuvenates your cells and yeah. your, your mental state. So I was in the ocean pretty much every day learning how to surf. That was awesome. I was jogging. I was eating healthy. And I was, you know, just doing fun things that you just don't know, going fishing. I was doing anything and everything and reminding myself the world was so much bigger than what I was going through. And I think that's a big deal for people. Another part of that healing, I read this book. It's called Imagine Heaven. Hmm. And it talks about all these people that had near-death experiences. And it made me very comfortable to know that my mom and my brother and my dad are all really in heaven. They're not buried in the ground. Their spirit is living on. And that was important to me. And there's something in the book that's, that talks about the ripple effect. Mm. And it says, like, you know, why do some people have such a hard journey in this life. And it, you know, it's because when you can be lifted out of your body and your current experience and you see the ripple effect that you had on so many other people, you know why then that's why you experienced all that pain. So I will not let my mother and my brother's death be in vain. I'm going to make sure everybody knows how to take care of themselves. And that's my ripple effect. That's so beautiful. And it just hit on so many incredible points. It's like we are the ripple effect. And thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing and just, just that. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate you for being vulnerable and sharing like that because you're right. And you're living your purpose, right? You're living your purpose in, in right. doing the work that you're doing and we're here for you. And thank you so much for showing up and being, you know, vulnerable. And I know we talked about some things that are challenging to talk about. So thank you so much for just being here and, and sharing. I'm grateful to you. Well, thank you so much for listening and having me. And yeah. I hope everybody gets something out of this. Yeah, no, I, I, I've got so much out of it. I can't imagine, you know, that they don't. And just want to say hi. I know we said that Rana and Naral and Crystal are here and Angie Tawash is here with us and Brandy's here as well. So thank you all for joining us. And that book, I think it's, you said it's Imagine Heaven. 
it's an amazing book. If you've lost anyone, it is so comforting. Okay. So we'll make sure that that's there. It looks like the title is there. And for those that are watching or those on the replay, where can they find you and get in touch with you? You can find me on Facebook. You can look up the restorative RN or you can look me up by name, Tanya Martha Segura. I also have a group on Facebook. If you search restore your body, my group will come up. And you'll see my picture there. I'm also on Instagram, restorative.rn. And I'm on LinkedIn, the restorative RN. You'll find me. (laughs) And, you know, once we get this up, we will have your contact information there. But as always, if you're watching the replay, you have any questions, just reach out. We'll we'll get back to you. And I'm really grateful to all of you for joining us. Because, again, I know there are so many other places for you to be. and, And I appreciate you. And you definitely share, subscribe to our YouTube, share the podcast. I appreciate it because at the end of the day, really our intention is to just share information and connect with like-minded people. Have a really you know, incredible day ahead. I love you. I appreciate you. And I wish you all the best always. Hey, love. Thank you so much for listening today. I am so grateful for you. I'd like to show you my appreciation by gifting you a free forgiveness self-hypnosis audio download. Part of living the fun and fabulous life is practicing forgiveness. Forgiveness can be such a long and challenging process. My intention is that this forgiveness audio will help you in practicing forgiveness, especially with yourself. Grab it by visiting daretoachieve.com backslash forgiveness. For more inspiring tips, make sure to connect with me on social media. Drop me a line on Facebook or Instagram at Grace Redmond Dare to Achieve. Until next time, keep moving forward towards living your fabulous life.